Welcome to Middle Age Can Be Your Best Age, the show designed to help make middle age your prime time of life by defying the notion that once you reach 40, 50, or even 60 years old, your crowning achievements are all behind you. Regardless of whether you're just approaching 40 or are firmly entrenched in your middle years, it's time to launch your very own personal journey toward a joyful and purpose-filled second half of life. Each week, host Roy Richards, an expert on midlife renewal and author of A Midlife Challenge, Wake Up, will discuss the challenges common to middle age and help guide you to a brighter tomorrow. Now, here's Roy. Well, on this next segment, we turn to a subject that is so essential to those of us in middle age, and that's preparation for a long, joyfully, and financially secure retirement. And on prior programs, we've cited the frightening statistics on how ill-prepared the majority of Americans are for retirement, so I won't go there again. But we all know the key essential requirement for all of us, an adequate cash flow for every year of our retirement so that we don't have to continue to work longer than we want to so that we can enjoy a bountiful lifestyle, not a bare-bones existence on poverty's doorstep, and so that we have adequate funding for unexpected emergencies like extended long-term care. And you all know the bad news, with pensions slashed, savings slim, and Social Security insufficient and unpredictable, the bulk of the retirement financing burden now falls directly upon you, the future retiree, and I trust most of you have taken direct action, saving and investing for the future through a 401k plan or an IRA. So as of this date, how large is your retirement nest egg? Will it be large enough to fund estimated actual cash outflows every single year until uh, death? And for God's sake, don't uh, neglect the impact of inflation. And even if today's low rate of uh, 2 to 3%, it can seriously eat away at the real value of your savings. And if you're primarily invested in stocks, don't forget investment risk. The market does go down sometimes as well as up. And uh, my next guest, author, real estate investor, and landlady, K. Kai Anderson, Ph.D., tells us that no matter how large our nest egg, what we really need is a chicken. <laughs> it sounds crazy, but it makes sense because the nest egg is a fixed amount of assets that's drawn down to pay bills and fund a lifestyle each year until eventually it equals zero. But uh, a healthy chicken can keep generating income for as long as we're around. And uh, so what happens when your nest egg hits zero, not to mention if and when it does, you probably spent several years worrying about whether or not you have enough, and the pressure keeps getting worse each year as you grow older. And uh, a hen continues to lay eggs year after year. Better make sure the chicken is a hen. <laughs> in this instance, we're talking about an asset that generates cash flow each and every year into perpetuity with no diminution of cash value. And Kai Anderson is here to explain why an ideal investment, a healthy chicken, is rent-generating real estate. And she's written a brand-new book on the subject titled Retire on Real Estate, Rental Income for a Safe and Secure Retirement. 
and she's here today to explain why real estate is such a great investment vehicle. And uh, Kay Kai Anderson, Ph.D., uh, using rental property, she is locked in security, comfort, and complete financial self-sufficiency for her own eventual retirement. She's now on a mission to inspire working adults like you and me at middle age to protect their retirement dreams and late-life financial security as well. And she's a graduate of the Investors United School of Real Estate Investing and holds a master's and doctorate degrees from Johns Hopkins University. And hello, uh, Kai, and welcome to Middle Age Can Be Your Best Age. Yes, hello, Roy. Thank you for that great introduction. Well, let's say you're worried you'll have to choose between working forever, not because you want to, or retiring with the risk of running out of money. What are the two things you need to do right now to reclaim your retirement security? Well, basically, yeah, those are the options uh, that many people have have uh, in front of them if they don't have rental property. And so what I believe is that we do need at least one piece of real, uh, rental property, cash-flowing rental property, yeah. to diversify, authentically diversify when planning for the future. Yeah. Well, investing in real estate sounds like a great retirement option, but what if your current paycheck uh, merely covers your monthly expenses? Is there a way for you and I to get started in ownership of rental property without a uh, major significant outlay of cash? Yes, absolutely. Um, Many people feel like they don't have any options if they are in this situation, and most of us are. Um, So in my book, I talk about many of the different options from borrowing a chicken to owning a chicken. (laughs) And when it comes to borrowing a chicken, basically you have the options to build some reserves. You can rent out space in your own home or you can actually rent out another home and then rent the rooms out one by one. Um, But when it comes to owning your own chicken or having your own rental property in your own name, there are some options. You can do what I've done, which is um, borrow from my 401k and pay that back. You can either pay it back gradually or you can pay it back, you know, by refinancing if you have that option. Yeah. Um, But that's that's one of several ways that that you can go about doing it if – if you don't really have any spare cash. I think you mentioned getting a second mortgage maybe on your primary resident to uh, make a down payment on a rental property. Isn't is that an option some people Absolutely, might absolutely. And getting a second mortgage on your own home um, is, is definitely an option. We've done this as well. And uh, many of the people that I interviewed for my book have done this. It's more common than you'd expect. Um, but again, I don't just like borrowing from your 401k, it's really important not to just go out and borrow this money sort of willy-nilly uh, for any reason. It's, I only believe in this for buying an income-producing asset. And after you know, looking at the cash flow analysis, I have a, a free cash flow analysis template on my website, which is oh. getachicken.com, and you can plug in all the numbers and make sure that you're going to have cash flow from Um, whatever investment you're considering. Oh, that's great. Well, what's the biggest secret that landlords and landladies don't want us to know? (laughs) (laughs) That's a good question. And I would say that it is that we, that tenants are funding their retirement. Basically, yeah. So there may be a lot of um, people who complain about their 
or maybe publicly complain about their uh, rentals now and then, uh, even landlords um, of your own property if you're a tenant. But uh, the truth is that month by month, tenants are funding their landlord's retirement plan. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> well, I've known a few couples who uh, held on to and uh, rented out their former primary residence. Uh, right. A couple of them were transferred and they talk like it was hell on earth, deadbeat tenants, other problems, maintenance, all that kind of thing. In general, is rental property a blessing or a curse? And what are some of the pros and cons of owning rental property? Good question. So uh, I guess it depends. It depends if you go through your um, tenant screening process thoroughly and um, very much with every detail. Um, and. I do have a um, companion guide to my book that goes into everything you need to know about finding a great property and a great tenant. Oh, I see. But um, but it really the tenant screening process can't be overemphasized. Uh, I've made this mistake in the past too. I assume that somebody's going to be a great tenant because they're friendly, they may be well dressed and um, <laughs> present very well. But yeah, when they it, spend all their money on clothes. <laughs> <laughs> Possibly. Right. But the truth is that good eggs and bad eggs look the same on the outside. Um, and so, <laughs> yeah, you know, like sometimes this, you don't uh, know color until uh, it's t- time to, until they're your tenant. Yeah. One of the couples that uh, you list on your website that uh, has successfully, in fact, they're 69 years old, they've, they've built up a successful retirement, and they said they only sign 60-day leases <laughs> so that it's easier to remove the bad tenants if they turn out to be a problem. <laughs> right, right, right. And um, that was, I think that was Jake and Mary that you're referring to, but um, yes, there, that is that is one way you can go about doing it, um, but really the best way is to do that um, tenant screening process uh, as thoroughly as possible. Um, that includes calling the references and talking with them, um, not just their pa- current uh, landlord, but their previous landlords, um, because you don't know if their current landlord is just trying to get them out of the. If their current landlord might be saying nice things just to get them out of the place. So you really want to call their past landlords as well. Yeah, that's true. Well, here's an intriguing question. On your website, you mention how to benefit from real estate without buying it or selling it. And how the heck do you do that? <laughs> <laughs> um, that would come down to the borrowing a chicken. So oh, um, we actually have one of these borrowed chickens ourselves. So, uh, we rent a home out from uh, someone who's out of state, and then we rent the rooms out in the form of a house share to people who are willing to live in, like, more of a shared space. Yeah, Yeah. and you can uh, obviously get more from all the individual uh, tenants you have than what you're paying. Yes, it works out. It works out very nicely in terms of the um, income for that in that kind of situation, but it doesn't work for any... Every every single market, it doesn't work for every single number of rooms. Um, basically, I found that four rooms works out nicely because oh, you have you know you have enough um, additional cash flow from yeah. additional rooms. 
Well, probably the main reason my wife and I never considered owning rental properties is the hassle of managing them, filling vacancies, maintaining, repairing, uh, you know, when they had problems, collecting rents, evicting problem tenants. Uh, we would uh, need to retain a reliable property manager if we were going to do that. Do you have any suggestions on how to find a good property manager? And how much monthly should you expect to pay a property manager? Okay, so... Yeah, um, I, yeah. I go into this in depth in my uh, companion guide uh, on my website. But um, to, sh- to make a long story short, uh, finding a great property manager is best done for, as for many things by referral. Oh yeah. If you can find another uh, landlord that has good referral for a property manager, that's really the best way to go. Yeah. Um, if you go through. Not every referral is the same, though. So if you go through a real estate agent or somebody else in the industry, they may be referring their friend or their brother or you know, <laughs> somebody else who they may not have actually worked manager. with. Um, <laughs> Never done it, but I think he's, <laughs> he's So it's really best to go with someone who's actually working with that particular um, property yeah. manager. Well, give, give us three reasons why we need at least one rental property as part of our retirement plan. I think we've touched on that, but uh, give us a few sure. well, there, reasons. Well, there's three reasons why rental property does provide authentic diversification from our 401ks, IRAs, yeah. and pension, if we're lucky enough to have one. Yeah. Um, well, actually, let me just talk about the um, ways that rentals provide diversi- diversification to um, our retirement savings. So yeah. the first is the time scale, and that is basically that instead of building up a nest egg as big as you can possibly build, retiring at some abstract point in time and then yeah. chipping away at that nest egg until it's gone, instead of doing that, you're building this sustainable stream of eggs from your chicken like we were talking yeah. about. Yeah, that's great. And then the second way is through the earnings premise. So instead of Buying at one price, which is what you do with stocks and mutual funds yeah. and REITs, uh, which is a real estate investment trust, instead of buying at one price and then selling at a higher price, you're building in the monthly income. So it's, yeah. again, more sustainable because you're, it's a monthly income earnings premise yeah, that's great. Uh, and less risky because whether the stock market is up when you're ready to retire or when you need your money is Kind of a matter of chance. Yeah, that's for sure. Like in 2009, would not have exactly, exactly. Yeah, and so, the, and the third reason is that it offers t- uh, tangible diversification. So instead of yeah. virtual password accessible, password hackable <laughs> retirement accounts, we have a physical, um, you know, physical structure that you can actually walk into, and all your five senses are, you know, you could touch it. T- Feel it, you know, taste it if you wanted to, smell it (laughs) on a bad day. I Um, I like that option better than holding on a bunch of gold in my house. Right. And again, the gold is that earnings premise of buying at one price and selling at a higher price. Yeah, the gold doesn't pay any kind of a monthly income. (laughs) No. (laughs) (laughs) Well, let's talk a bit about your brand-new book, Retire on Real Estate. What was your purpose in writing this book on real estate, and what is your dream for a perfect world? So my goal in writing this book was really to get the word out to everyday Americans about uh, the importance of diversifying for retirement in this way, using yeah. rental property. And the um, the uh, my goal is to make it uh, accessible to people so that 
they, people can know that they can do it. Yeah. It's not just something for other people. Well, I um, like your dream that uh, every adult will have at least one rental property as part of his or her long-term retirement. Yes. Plan. That's a worthy dream. I know it's probably <laughs> never going to happen. but uh, probably, That will probably never happen, and um, realistically it may not be um, – you know, a wise choice for every single person. <laughs> but uh, most people who are, you know, um, you know, relatively smart, relatively hardworking, can can um, can definitely fulfill this yeah. dream. And your book is organized in three parts. Tell us what those three parts are. Um, sure. So basically, we have the nest. Let me see. My order was the chicken, the nest, and the yeah. egg. So, no, the egg, the nest, and the, the chicken. Sorry. <laughs> so the egg, basically I go into the nest egg and talk about um, why it's risky to invest solely in. You put it um, seriously crack. <laughs> yeah. And so the thing about the nest egg idea, which is basically our savings, retirement savings, in whatever form they take, um, is that, well, with the IR, so uh, with the 401k, as a society, we – sort of ended up here by accident. So the 401k was never modeled or planned or tested. Um, it was the brainchild of this guy named Ted Benna in 1980 who approached the IRS and asked them to tweak a little piece of the tax code to benefit his company. Yeah, and gotten a lot of companies out of offering pensions. <laughs> right. And so many companies followed suit and pretty much, and then it was a slippery slope, and now we have the majority of companies who have pulled away from the pension, which yeah. offers like those eggs for the rest of your life, yeah. um, in favor of this 401k, which is really puts the burden on um, workers' shoulders um, in terms of the retirement piece. Um, but, yeah, so I go into more about that. But basically that's the the egg is like the nest egg premise and why it's seriously cracked. Yeah. And the second piece is the nest. So I talk about how to really set yourself up for um, for the future in terms of looking at how, how you look at money, how you look at savings and um, and then goals and goal setting. And, yeah. and then I offer three goals for my readers. Yeah. Um, one is the the level one goal is just to have one rental property just as one just as a piece of modest diversification, yeah. which I think is attainable for virtually everyone. Yeah. They set their minds to it. And then the second goal is to have at least enough rental income that it um, complements other sources of income that you might have once the mortgages are paid off. Yeah. And then the third piece is that you have enough rental income once the mortgages are paid off that it takes care of all of your living expenses. And then anything else you might have would be considered bonus. Yeah. And then part three is the chicken. That's where you get into the nuts and bolts of how to uh, go about doing it. Exactly. Part three is the chicken. And exactly. You just said it. Um, And then so I actually have a part four, which my uh, publisher – had me slice off because of <laughs> space constraints. Yeah. And so that's what I turned into this um, companion guide. And it, yeah. that's what's available separately on my website. But it you know, originally was part four of the book. Had yeah. to take it off due to space. Okay, well, that's great. And where best should uh, we go to preview and purchase your book? I assume it's available a lot of different places. Oh, yeah, it's available pretty much anywhere. It's actually at airport bookstores, at oh, sellers, But also um, you can get it on Amazon or Barnes & Noble. Yeah. Or pretty much anywhere online. And you have a website with a lot of resources on it. You mentioned it before. It's getachicken.com. Is that, uh... Yes. That's right, getachicken.com. 
and yeah, you can find all kinds of free resources. You can read the stories that from people I interviewed, and um, if you're interested, get that that fourth component, the fourth section of my book, which is the uh, companion guide. Um, and yeah. Well, uh, in conclusion today, Kai Anderson has made a strong case for investing in rental properties as a great resource for retirement cash flow, and I'd be willing uh, to bet that your financial advisor has not made this recommendation, because most of them (laughs) don't. But when you think about it, rental income to fund retirement makes a heck of a lot of sense, and real estate makes a heck of a lot of sense. And now Kai herself uh, points out that she's not anti-stock, anti-bond, or other investments for retirement. But as she points out, investment in rental property is a great source of genuine portfolio diversification, and that steady flow of rental income is a great source of financial stability during your retirement years, and you're not depleting your nest egg. And I highly recommend you preview Kai Anderson's definitive book, Retire on Real Estate, And to learn more, go to her website, getachicken.com. And uh, that website is not about raising poultry. And thanks to me and Kai. Thank you, Roy. On your mission of chicken in every pot. (laughs) (laughs) Wonderful. And a portfolio in every, or a rental property in every portfolio. Thanks a lot, Kai. And uh, best of success on your sale of your new book. Thank you again, Roy. Thanks for helping me get the word out. Well, and now for something completely different. In this segment, we're going to talk to you as parents of teenagers, more specifically you moms who have daughters aged 13 through 19, but you dads and mothers of teenage sons also will benefit. After all, teenage boys sometimes create their own little dramas. And my next guest, teen parenting expert Colleen O'Grady, has been on the show twice before, most recently December 26th of 2016, the best guest we always invite back. And Colleen recently released a free one-hour Internet training webinar on the subject, The Top Three Secrets to Avoid the Teenage Drama Trap. And she's here to share those three secrets with us today. To refresh your memory, Colleen O'Grady is a licensed marriage and family therapist, life coach, popular speaker and workshop leader in practice for the past 25 years. She specializes in helping mothers of teenage daughters, offering hope, encouragement, and practical advice to moms around the world. And she's author of the acclaimed 2015 book, Dial Down the Drama, Reducing Conflict and Reconnecting with Your Teenage Daughter, a guide for mothers everywhere. And hello, Colleen Grady. It's great to have you back. Well, I am I am honored to be back um, on your show, so thank you so much. Well, to refresh our memories, give us a few of the reasons why daughters in their teens, whenever they're angry, upset, or panicked over something, so often nothing to do with the parents to begin with, but they attempt to draw mom and maybe dad too into their personal drama. And does neuroscience and the development of the teenage brain help to explain it? Yes, 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 absolutely. Um, it can be confusing to parents because your teen can kind of look like an adult and, <laughs> you know, they, they're smart and they might even know more than you about trigonometry or something yeah, like I'm that. Sure they do about the computer <laughs> and the smartphone and that kind of stuff. Yes, for sure. Yeah. Um, but, yes, they they are 
they are a work in progress with that with the teenage brain and you know people have heard that um that they have undeveloped prefrontal cortex yeah. but but often but people don't know what that means yeah and and what that means is that the part of the brain that thinks about long term consequences <laughs> so like right it's it's like a loose wire so yeah. it's like if you do this then this could happen. Yeah. They don't think about that. Yeah. Um, the cause and effect. They don't think yeah. about, you know, if I do this now, what effect will that have on you me? You know, like if I dive off this shallow end, I'll be paralyzed the rest of my life, I guess. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> something they let's probably drive, shouldn't think about. <laughs> yeah, let's drive really, really fast yeah. down the street and hang out of the car. Um, so, uh, so as you define it, what is the drama trap? How do you define that term? Yes, yes. Well, teenagers are going to have drama because with that undeveloped prefrontal cortex, they spend most of their time in the more reactive part of the brain, which is fully developed, which is the limbic system. Yeah. So what happens is the drama trap is that your teenager wants to draw you into their drama. <laughs> and when you get hooked, and <laughs> so many of our parents do. Yes, <laughs> and we can get hooked for several reasons. But yeah. but and one way to say it is when they push our buttons, we're hooked. Yeah, yeah, that's so and, true. And some of those buttons, um, you know, because I talk to parents all the time, and especially with moms, some of those buttons are like disrespect buttons. Yeah. And we take it personally that how dare them disrespect their mom or their father or whatever. Right. Or feeling taken for granted yeah. is another big button oh, for yes, parents. Of yeah, being feeling like the servant. Right. <laughs> and, yeah, and being butler. entitled. <laughs> feeling yeah. entitled is yeah, another button for parents. Button. Yeah, well, on your recent webinar, you identified three secrets to avoiding the drama trap, and I'd like to identify and briefly discuss each one in turn. To begin, what is the first secret to a healthy, drama-free relationship with your teenage daughter? Well, the the first one is basically that you matter. Yeah. And um, it takes a lot of energy and clarity to parent a teenager. Yeah. I like but how often, you say a healthy mom is not a perfect mom, which you're trying to be. <laughs> yes, yes. And, yeah, the difference is um, we are in a culture that expects us to be perfect. Yeah. And um, in my recent TEDx talk, I talk, I talk a lot about this. Oh, but when we, we as parents, especially moms, we feel this pressure yeah. To be perfect and have our daughters be perfect or our teens yeah. be perfect. And if our daughters aren't perfect, we're afraid it reflects badly on us. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. We feel like a bad parent. And yeah. so so then we, you know, we just put more pressure on them. The problem is, is that no one is perfect. And yeah. a, and a, an immature, undeveloped prefrontal cortex teenager is hardwired to be imperfect. Yeah. And yet then um, if 
we don't reach perfection, then we blame ourselves, and it's just it's a kind of a circle of uh, disaster as far as that goes. <laughs> right, right. So a realistic and a much healthier. So a perfect mom is really not a healthy mom. Yeah, that's because a perfect mom, perfect parent is trying is striving, 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 striving yeah. um, to be perfect, and they're not going to get there. No. So a healthy parent is um, is following more empowering messages like, you know, it it is crucial for me to pay attention to me. I'm yeah. like the the parenting tool. Yeah. And in fact, research has said that who we are and how we live our life, how we treat the person at the grocery store, how we treat our family members is really more influential than anything we say. Yeah, we may not realize it because our kids tend to ignore us, but we're still role models for our teenagers, even though we may not think we are. And if we're yeah. real rude to the clerk at the uh, grocery store, that kind of encourages the daughter to do the same thing, I would think. Yes. Yes, it's that's absolutely true. Well, as I recall, yeah. the second secret from your webinar is parent intentionally and not reactively. And what do you mean by this? Best case, how should you react when your daughter refuses to heed your advice or she simply ignores your instructions? <laughs> yes. Well, what I'm really talking about here is is really about um, uh, the neuroscience. Yeah. So. When we parent intentionally, we are parenting from the higher brain. We're making um, better decisions. The lower brain, that limbic system, the which is the stress response part of our brain, the fight, flight, freeze, the part of the brain that your teenager is living in, is we we don't want to be reacting just to everything that your teen's doing. Yeah. Because reacting looks like losing it. It's like just saying, yeah. like throwing stuff up, up against the wall and hoping something sticks. But but it's not really well thought out. Really I guess we, we, if we parent intentionally, we probably have some firm ground rules that we have to establish, obviously, to protect our daughter's safety and, uh, you know, to protect the safety of others and, uh, you know, just to maintain some basic... Uh, <laughs> degree of uh... yes yes part of parenting intentionally and this is why it's crucial for us to be taking care of ourselves and not be exhausted yeah. is is to be clear about rules boundaries consequences and the thing about teen, teens and tweens is that you could be really clear yesterday but today you can kind of go, well, I I don't know. like, And your team is going to push you because they're going to go, well, Mom, last yeah. year my curfew was this, but my curfew should be this now because I'm older and everybody else is staying out late. Yeah, the old everyone else line. Yes. So reactive parenting is that we, we react. We either let our, our teens kind of push us around. Yeah. Or we just kind of lose it, and yeah. or we yeah we start uh, shouting at them when they do something. <laughs> yeah, so we we're not agree. clear. Yeah, well, let's. So what's the third secret to avoiding the teen drama trap? Yes, 
Well, the the third secret um, is really about when you you want to be dialing down this drama. Not you want to be a healthy mo- mom or healthy parent, yeah. and you want to not take things personally, yeah. and you want to be parenting intentionally. And why? You want to be able to form a healthy attachment with your team. Yeah. I like the way you say create the life you want rather than resenting the life you presently have. <laughs> yes. That's yes. so important when you're uh, avoiding that drama trap. you got to know where you, who you are and where you're going. And like you say, if you don't uh, build up the own, your own I feel good energy, then you're just uh, waiting to be entrapped by your teenage drama. <laughs> Yes, yes. So so a lot of times what I have seen in my private practice is that most of the parents I'm I'm working with, especially the mothers, or mostly the mothers, is really moms are resenting these years yeah. because they they were hoping that they'd have more freedom, but instead of more freedom, they have more responsibility, they're having less fun. And um, and yet the daughter's having a lot of fun, and and then she has a big temper tantrum because you expect her to help out at the house. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then, you know, we, we say, wouldn't it be great when our daughter's no longer a teenager, and then as soon as she goes off to college or goes off uh, on her own or gets married, whatever, then we miss her like crazy. <laughs> Yes. Empty nesters. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's true. So, so part of this, and part part of the intentional parenting, and all of that, is that you can be intentional about um, creating the life that you want. Yeah. And a lot of times, when we feel powerless, that's when there's a lot of drama. Yeah. But that's so true. Um, creating the life you want is creating a life that's healthy for you, Mom, and so that you feel good and you've got that I feel good energy. And um, and that means I've, I was speaking to a group of moms yesterday, and this mom ran up to me and she goes, oh, I've been reading your book. And, like, you, like, tell us that we need to take care of ourselves. So I, told, I called all my mom friends and said, we need to go to lunch because Colleen told us we need to do that. Amen. But I... <laughs> But I am giving you full permission, you know, uh, mom. And, and Colleen offered to pay for all our lunch. Right? <laughs> that's right. That's right. <laughs> it is like if you take good care of yourself, you know, your your team can be in the worst mood ever, and you just have more grace to deal with it. That's exactly right, and you really can't effectively coach your daughter if you're in a foul mood yourself and uh, don't feel good about yourself and have no self-respect and don't love yourself. You can't really love another person if you don't love yourself. Yeah, that's right. And so, yeah, so that because if you have no reserves and you're trying to get everything perfect, let me say one more thing about the perfect part. Yeah. Is the being trying to be the perfect mom, like, it's stacked against you. Like you could get 999 things right, yeah. but if your daughter makes a C on a test, like you feel like you just like you're the worst mom ever. Yep, there's that one out of a thousand things you did wrong, so you're not perfect. <laughs> right. So, and and creating the life that you want is that you get to feel good about what you are accomplishing. 
Yeah. Like you get to get credit for what you are doing. That's so important. And you have in mind some long-term, I mean, obviously your daughter's going to decide what she wants to do with her life ultimately as an adult. Yes. But uh, you have some ideas in mind of what you want her, you know, some basic positives you want in her life when she's a grown adult. And if you keep those totally in mind at all times, then it's much easier to uh, guide your daughter rather than just uh, fighting with her. Yeah. Well, let's it's talk part, about. Uh, oh, I just one want other, to give you a chance to talk about your uh, website okay. and some of the uh, resources you offer there. First of all, what is the website that people should go to 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 learn more about you and um, all the resources you offer there? Yeah, um, they can go to dialdownthedrama.com. So that's one word. I see. Dialdownthedrama.com. And I have a, like, wonderful resources for you. I've got, I call it my Dial Down the Drama Triple Pack. Oh. You get um, a free chapter from my award-winning book, Dial Down the Drama. You get a free subscription to my weekly e where I have really helpful and relevant articles about oh, teen, uh, parenting. And then... You get a copy of my um, Seven Ways to Help Your Daughter and Yourself, and it's absolutely free. Oh, so that's great. Yeah, yeah. And I would like to tell you all, I'm very excited. Um, TEDx just approved my talk that I did in August. Oh. So um, you can also find that on my website, um, or you can just uh, Google Colleen O'Grady and TEDx, and oh. you can it's the title of my TEDx talk is Ticked Off Teenage Daughters and Stressed Out Moms, Three Keys to Dial Down the Drama. Oh, that's great. Well, you, you also have your popular book, Dial Down the Drama, Reducing Conflict and Reconnecting with Your Teenage Daughter. Where best can the listener go to preview and purchase that book? Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of yeah, they can go to Amazon and order that book, or they can go to Barnes and Noble and um, order that book. So, um, yes, it's I guess a great book. You can book. also access it through your website, can't you? Yes, yes, yes. I started writing that book when um, my daughter was fifteen, and I finished it when she was nineteen. So I have lived <laughs> this book. Yeah. <laughs> well, you had some uh, active role models to. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> to refer to when you were doing it. Well, in yes, conclusion, yes. I, I trust as a mother or father of a teenager, you're not simply clinging on to your peace and sanity, eagerly awaiting your daughter's departure for college or independent living. But as Colleen Agree assures us, the teenage years don't have to be defined strictly by conflict and drama. And in her book and through her counseling and her resources on her website, Colleen gives practical solutions to transform, as she calls it, those eye rolls, scowls, and one-word responses like, okay, or I'm fine, into healthy relationships, both for you and your daughter. And bottom line, I'm certainly Colleen would agree, it's important to keep two notions in mind. First, you will always love your daughter, even though right now she's on an emotional roller coaster, blaming you for everything not perfect in her life, and teens need a stable anchor, a mom who calmly de-escalates scenes, 
even when your daughter is pushing you away, and first and foremost, you have her positive future in mind, and you realize that she's definitely a work in progress, and second, you benefit neither yourself nor your daughter by continually catering to her interests and desires while neglecting your own well-being, and she won't admit it, but you're still a primary role model, so consistently putting yourself last benefits neither you nor your daughter. And please be certain to uh, keep Colleen at Grady's top three secrets in mind and visit her website. And what's that website again? Dialdownthedrama.com. Yes. Yes, and, uh, it is. You, you can both preview her book and, and review her many resources for challenged moms. And thank you so much, Colleen Grady. As always, uh, you have presented us with some great teen parenting ideas. Well, you're so welcome, and I, I love having a conversation with you about it. Well, best of success in all that you do, and let's. Uh, well, your daughter's no longer a teenager, so I'm sure you thoroughly appreciate her now. But uh, I'm <laughs> certain that all the mothers out there will appreciate your advice on that sometimes really perplexing subject of dealing with a teenager. Yes, yes. Thank you, and uh, have a great day. You've been listening to Middle Age Can Be Your Best Age, hosted by Roy Richards, an expert on midlife renewal and author of both A Midlife Challenge, Wake Up, and Wake Up, Captain and Crew, Restart Your Engines. You can learn more about Roy and his Middle Age Renewal training system by visiting his website, middleagerenewal.com. 